Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Rootless Talk. All right. Happy Saturday to everybody. Hope you guys are having a good weekend. Also, happy early Mother's Day to all of the lovely uh, mothers out there that support the platform and support the channel, as well as to my mother as well. Shout out to my mother. Um, happy early Mother's Day. Of course, you know, if people are also watching this on Sunday, I assume, which is Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all. But yes, yeah, shout out to my lovely mother. Her, her birthday was last week and also for, you know, this week being Mother's Day. So shout out to her. Um, I, I don't know if she's watching this. <laughs> she doesn't like professional wrestling as it is, but, uh, but she supports the, the platform and everything else. So mom, if you're watching this, uh, shout out to you. I love you and uh, happy mother's day. So, all right, guys. So, uh, today, like I mentioned is Saturday. So it is time to talk some SmackDown from last night as the world heavyweight championship tournament continues as well as Night of Champions and that whole build towards that pay-per-view, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia in just a couple of weeks. That whole build continues as well. Um, overall, it's very on paper, <laughs> I should say, kind of a stack card, a stack, a stack show, um, which I like. Um, you know, on paper, of course, when we get into the show, it's honestly kind of a different story, but we're going to get into that in just a second. Um, as I don't really have a cold open for this show, we're just going to just dive straight into uh, SmackDown here. Um, but I like the fact here, here's the one positive I'll say right from the jump to start the start the show off. I like how there the show was very on, again on paper was heavily stacked up here. You had Roman Reigns making a a big return. Finally, he's he's a. You know, and graced with our presence, <laughs> right? Graced with his presence um, last night in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, you know, you you have uh, the triple threat matches with the tournament. You know, I, I again the thing with tournaments, man, I, I can't really stand them because if you see one tournament, you you pretty much see all of them, um, as well as the the women, uh, the women with a tag title match, um, as well as Bianca Belair and Asuka in a segment there. So, um, so again, little props, props to WWE, at least in that aspect, of course, you know, going head to head with, uh, the NBA from last night, you had the Knicks and the heat as well as the Lakers and the, uh, golden state warriors. And I always say this all the time when it comes to, you know, going head to head with other companies or, you know, like the NBA, the NFL, because I know a lot of, and I mean a lot of fans will make that excuse of why ratings and numbers where they are. They want to make excuse because people are watching football, they're watching basketball, they're not, and they're not tuning into wrestling because of those aspects. So you know, it's, you know, so, and, and that's what people come up and tell me, like, oh, well, there was a game on last night, so the ratings are going to be as low as what they usually be. Well, again, this is the same excuse I hear. I hear when football season is going on during Monday night football and Monday night raw. And yet still Monday night raw has been pulling in the same amount of viewers over the last several weeks when football season was going on 
And it's the same numbers that as of right now, yeah, during NBA playoffs or even still before NBA playoffs, it's still been the same. The metrics and the numbers, you know, they tell you everything. And, and the reality is that the show, nothing about a casual fan or even a diehard professional wrestling fan as it is, whether you want to admit it or not, there is nothing. And I mean, guys, nothing that is makes you want to tune in to any of these shows, at least in regards into the main roster. That is Monday Night Raw, as well as SmackDown. And we, me and Brian, have defended this show, SmackDown, because it has been the superior show, especially leading up to WrestleMania. But as fans, we have to call shit out like it is. The reason why the numbers for years now, actually, they, they've been ever, ever since the late 90s. And I'm sure, you know, Brian, if you're watching this, I'm sure, you know, you can you, you can gravitate towards this. I mean, the numbers from way back in the day to where they are now, I mean, they just lose numbers by the month, by the year, ever since that day and age of professional wrestling. I mean, because 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 let's be honest. If we're putting an actual number in regards to ratings of where WWE should be at right now, Monday Night Raw should be at at least, at the bare minimum, a 2 million or a 2.5, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. SmackDown, at least from what the numbers they've been able to pull in, you can't tell me that they can't hit close to almost 3 million in their own right, or at least somewhere under that 3 million mark. So all of these excuses, guys, about basketball games, football games, and the list goes on and on. Presidential speeches, your grandmother's freaking, <laughs> your grandmother's bar mitzvah, whatever it is. There's always an excuse, man, when we need to cut the shit and call out this company and the shit that they do when it needs to be called out. There's always going to be games, guys. <laughs> There's always going to be a basketball game. There's always going to be a football game. And I get it. Look, the goal is not to beat these people, right? And that's fine. They don't need to beat them. But here's the thing. You know, if something is that interesting, right? If something is that captivating, I am telling you, whether it's, you know, people using stream streaming services or Hulu or whatever, or if it's just straight cable television, People will tune in. If a show like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Hell, there's other TV shows out there like The Walking Dead or and many others, people will tune in because it is captivating tele television and they want to see what happens next. That's what makes great freaking television. Because again, you know, in regards to WWE, let's, you know, they go head to head with the NBA, which was last night. If something's that interesting, let's say if I'm watching a Knicks and Heat game, if something's that interesting about, man, like, man, this is a really good segment between Roman Reigns and, and the Usos and the Bloodline. Like, I have to turn the channel uh, back during commercial break, and I got to turn uh, tune back into SmackDown to see what happens. And that helps Fox and their quarterly numbers, their quarterly hour numbers just from that aspect. And you can gain just a several hundred thousand followers just from that instant alone. So that's what I mean about making these excuses. It doesn't matter what game is on or what's on, you know, outside of the the realm of professional wrestling. Like enough, man. Enough of these excuses. If something is that interesting, if 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 the storyline and the feud is that captivating, people 
will want to turn the channel back over to SmackDown or to Raw, the USA Network and Fox, and they need to see what's going on. Not that they want to, but they need to. So in regards to SmackDown, at least on paper, you know, they knew that they were at, you know, I'm sure at a tough, a tough challenge in regards to the NBA, but I like how they stood their ground and on paper, they're like, Hey, let's, let's try to make somewhat of a, of a decent show here. Did they do that? Well, <laughs> remains to be seen as we're going to go over the show uh, in just a few seconds, but yeah. So again, guys, like I always say, the numbers, the statistics always freaking matter. And that's why me and Brian a lot on this platform go over those numbers and those statistics. And, and as you can see, Brian is not here with me today, uh, but he will be back with me on Tuesday when we go over Monday Night Raw, as well as a brand new week, a full week of content coming up. Um, of course, you know, like I mentioned over the last several episodes, there was a lot to get to, um, especially uh, during Memorial Day weekend. We got AEW Double or Nothing um, on Sunday. I believe that is May 27th as well as NXT Battleground. As you guys know, we talk a lot about NXT. Um, so they're going to go head to head. That's going to be very interesting to see how those shows play out. And of course, Night of Champions, which is going to be on that Saturday in Saudi. So a lot's to get to, man. A, lot's, a lot is to dissect to see what is to come um, over the course of the next several weeks. But me and Brian will be with you guys um, starting again on Tuesday, back together again to give you all of that information. So um, also, once again, before we get into the show, I want to shout out to everybody who has followed us on Instagram as we have officially hit over 300 followers on Instagram. And that, that is freaking that that is insane. We were <laughs> we were just eclipsing over the 200 mark, not uh, just a few days ago. And here we are already eclipsing over 300 followers and members on on that platform. So thank you to everybody uh, who has smashed that follow button. Um, appreciate you guys joining the community and being a part of this flat and being a part of this platform. Um, and if you're coming across this show for the first time, welcome, welcome to uh, ruthless talk and welcome to the community. And we're glad to have you. Um, I just hope that you're, <laughs> you're able to, uh, to take a lot of heavy criticism, especially in regards to your favorite wrestler, because again, no matter what your favorite wrestler wrestler is your favorite company, um, you know, me and Brian do not sugarcoat when it comes to dissecting professional wrestling and wanting to make it better. Um, so yeah, so if you're, if your feelings are hurt, then, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. This platform is just, they may not be for you, but, but if you're able to stick through that, if you're able to take the criticism, then hell yeah, welcome to the platform. Welcome to the community. And we're happy to have you. So, um, with all that being said, so again, uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. Continue to spread the word. That is ruthless underscore talk, as well as our other social media platforms, as well as TikTok. We make we create a lot of content over there, as well as our Facebook group. Uh, we are well over 60 members over there, so make sure you spread the word about that. And, of course, stay tuned for more episodes to come, especially over the next couple of weeks with Night of Champions, AEW's Double or Nothing, and NXT Battleground. All right. With all that being said, let us dive straight into the show. Let's do it. Friday Night SmackDown, May 12th, 2023, live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hour number one starts off with the SmackDown portion of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. This is the first triple threat of two triple threat matches for this tournament. Uh, this includes Edge, 
versus Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. Match time from bell to bell was 15 minutes in length. So it's funny, right? Because not too long ago, you know, I, I posted both on all of the social media platforms, may I add, about Edge. And Edge made a post on his Twitter about, um, and I'm sure it's on his Instagram as well as his other social media platforms as well, you know, cutting a, it looked like a two minute video promo or whatever, him standing inside of like his home ring that he uses and at his home or whatever. He has like his own built ring, um, you know, gearing up for, for this match, which is I'm about to dissect in just a second here. And, and he kind of just tells like this, you know, you know, he goes on to say, you know, about, oh, well, everybody's got their story and good for them. But, you know, it's time to kind of finish my story. And, you know, and just speaking hypothetically, you know, the one way to finish that story is to win the World Heavyweight Championship. He's like, you know, I got to do it. This is something I got. And you can tell this is just straight off the top of his head. And this is what makes Edge just so freaking good and just leaps and bounds over a lot of, you know, today's wrestlers in today's age. You can tell Edge is just, again, the guy just freaking gets it. Um, you know, he just continues to, to say to himself, like, I have to win this. I have to do this. Um, you know, I have to finish the story the way I need to finish the story, you know, talking about the title that he never lost, which was the world heavyweight championship. And it got me thinking, and, and again, cause I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here. You know, me and Brian have stated that, you know, edge and Rey Mysterio two you know, older vets, they, them winning the world heavyweight championship just kind of just seemed unnecessary because they really don't need it, especially to, to get good booking and to feel captivating. But when it comes to the world heavyweight championship, because me and Brian have also spoken about this as well and how ever since this shit has started, it's just felt like this title is just nothing but a consolation prize. And even Paul Heyman stated that in a promo on WWE television. Michael Cole even acknowledged that on SmackDown from last night. So even WWE is acknowledging from fans that, you know, this is legit a consolation prize. Or maybe they just want to acknowledge of what maybe people are just saying out there. I don't know. But because in that aspect, especially when it comes to, you know, people like Seth Rollins. You know, we all love Seth Rollins. Yes, he is deserving. But what is going to be different about Seth Rollins and his booking when he held the United States championship not too long ago. Now he's that same character with that same booking is going to hold a world championship. To me, I just, it just doesn't make sense of how it's the, the product and Seth Rollins in that aspect is going to get any better. Um, so, but then, but then my wheels got spinning about edge. And when he cut this promo, Right. And there's other talks about other people like, you know, Cody Rhodes at this point, Cody, we've talked about Cody at this, you know, he, he should have won at mania. I, I still stand by that at night too. I'm sure Brian does as well. It, it would just be kind of a downgrade if, if he would, if he were at least for the time being wins that world heavyweight championship at any given point as of right now, um, you know, but again, with edge, it just, when he cut that promo, that video, it just felt like it had to happen. Like it needs to happen. Like, Because what else are you going to do that's going to be that much more captivating than having someone like Edge, who knows a fucking thing or two. This dude, no matter what, it, it could be a, this, this dude could be 
cutting a promo where he's screaming and yelling, or it can be very monotone like this. And the way he kind of cut the video in, on his Twitter and his social media and instantly you're, you're invested. And a lot of fans as of late have backed up edge because of that. And I'm like, and it got, and I'm sure it's got a lot of people, their wheels start to spin like, man, like maybe edge holding onto this title may not be such a bad idea. And your wheels can spin about how he wins that title how it can become meaningful. He wins back that title. He never lost. And of course he stayed in that video. Once I lose it, you know, I'm done. And you can come up with ways of how the way he loses that title can be very, just, just very memorable, whether it's maybe someone like, I don't know, freaking LA Knight or Grayson Waller, wh whoever it is, right. It's just, when you're using that world heavyweight championship, it just feels because there's nothing else outside of maybe this aspect that you can go with the world heavyweight title to not make it feel like just a consolation prize, like it's a paper championship. Um, and, and, and it's because it's also a tricky situation because, and I'm going to go more into this as we go through the show. I just don't understand why SmackDown is, is a part of this freaking tournament because everything about this tournament and the fact that SmackDown is a part of it going after a title for a brand that we suppose is, is supposed to be over on Monday Night Raw because of words of Triple H, these titles are supposed to be split, you know, and whoever, whatever, dra whatever brand Roman Reigns gets drafted to, he'll take those two beautiful titles and stay over there, which is SmackDown. And the other brand is going to go after this brand new world heavyweight championship. And now you just insert SmackDown superstars in a tournament. It's bad enough. It's a tournament. I can't stand tournaments. It does nothing outside of the person who's going to win this tournament, which is most likely going to be Seth Rollins. What is it doing for anybody? I mean, and, and, and uh, over on Monday night, Raw, Shinsuke makes his date, his return to Monday night, Raw just loses and gets pinned. May I add, Loses the match straight up. What did that do to freaking Shinsuke? Now you're just going to see him in a in a in a match with the Miz. Like, come on, man. Uh, uh, honest to God, um, just makes no sense at all. I, I mean, Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> it led to something for him in a continuing feud with Brock, which again we still don't know why the dude is even targeting the motherfucker. In the first place, I liked his the way he got amplified, you know, screaming in his promo. But still, that that whole situation has kind of just gone off the haywire. But outside of that, nothing about this tournament does anything for anybody. And this, and it also includes these three men, because I doubt at the end of the day, anybody from SmackDown. I will be shocked if somebody from SmackDown actually wins this title. Um so yeah, just in that aspect, but going back over to edge, just real quick to me, it's, if you're going to make the world heavyweight championship prestigious and really intriguing, why not give edge that final title run? Like what much, what harm is it going to do? Seriously, if you really think about it, what harm is it going to do that much for edge to hold on to this world heavyweight championship? Cause like, cause anyone else, it's just going to feel like. Uh, okay, because again, you have because oh, like Seth Rollins, okay, Cody Rhodes. That's just gonna just tarnish him in the process. I spoke about Drew McIntyre, possibly maybe turning coming back and returning as a heel. 
that's a, maybe another way you can go, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see if Drew McIntyre, whenever he comes back, but at least in the meantime, why not edge? I mean, if you're, I mean, listen, we're at the point where we're already inserting SmackDown superstars. That's bad enough. So, so if, if that's what they're going to do, then why not edge win this tournament and, and create a little bit of a, here's a crazy concept, a captivating story, <laughs> you know, winning back the title he never lost and losing it in a memorable way for him to finally walk into the sunset um, and finally uh, retire. That's just my take. Those are my two cents in regard to this situation. But, and, and speaking of edge, you know, you guys know how much I speak highly about edge and, and, and everything that he's done in his career. I mean, this dude is captivating. This dude checks off every single box and, and his entire career speaks that his entire career proves, um, everything. Um, but man, this dude was off last night. This dude was so off his game and it, it, it showed, and I don't know if that's just, again, the age, and this was probably one of the worst matches I've seen him perform in a very long time. Usually he doesn't do very well with these multi multi matches and triple threats and fatal four ways. He's had his moments in these types of matches. And the one matches that comes to mind was the WrestleMania match not too long ago when it was Edge, Roman, and Daniel Bryan. Um, and even Daniel Bryan stated that he felt awkward and weird that he was just randomly in inserted into this match and just made it a triple threat where you could have just had Edge and Roman go head-to-head. -head. And even the match, I believe they had finally one-on-one -on -one Edge and Roman at Money in the Bank it was 10 times better than that match at mania. That match at mania was just, it was just sloppy. There was a lot of, it was just, what was it? Was it bad? No, but was, but again, with edge, you can tell that he just, for, for most of his career, if you go back and look at it, when it comes to these multi matches with triple threats, fatal four ways, etc., he's never really done that well. And, and it showed in this freaking match last night. I mean, there was, a, and this is even just coming off the top of my head. Um, I, I, I don't even have this written in my notes, but there was a, there was a moment in the match where they set up for, it was a double six, one, nine. And they set up like the Hurricanrana spot where they go into the ropes Ed, or AJ Styles goes into the ropes and, and edge just goes into a completely opposite direction. And, and then like he, <laughs> He regathers himself. It was again, it was just so bad, guys. Again, go go back and watch this. This was early on in the match. And then like he just randomly just just lunges himself to the opposite side of the ropes where AJ Styles is to set them up for that double six one nine. So he was just and, and another spot where Ray springboard himself off the top rope and Edge just completely completely missed the spot. It looked like it was supposed to be a spear out of midair delivered from edge edge was just on one knee. I don't know if this dude was dead tired, but Ray just leaps onto edge. It just lands into his shoulder and just, and just falls. And it was, it, it was heavily freaking botched. It looked really bad. It was just edge was just, this dude was off his game, man. And I don't know if this is finally the, the, the age and everything 
the style of wrestling nowadays just finally getting to him. But man, like as much as I love Edge, dude, this dude was off. <laughs> this entire match did not live up to its to its hype because there was a lot of hype going into this match. Um, but yeah, Edge just did not look good. And it, it really sucked to see. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm just like, man, this dude, th this dude looks horrible. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, there's no sugarcoating. I mean, he did not look good at all. Um, but with that being said, um, again, guys, just go back and watch it. Um, if, if you've missed some of those spots again, I don't have those in my notes, but I'm just, you know, remembering that off the top of my head. Um, so edge hits the ring to start the show off. Um, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio, they get jobber entrances. I thought that was kind of weird, I guess, to maybe add or to get to that 15-minute mark in the match, maybe. I, I don't know. Just very weird. Um, just how you have just Edge, or or not Edge, excuse me, Rey Mysterio and, and AJ Styles just already be in the ring like they're, you know, have no entrance, no nothing. Um, again, I, I can understand why they did it. It's just... Again, a jobber entrance, man. Styles and Mysterio. Come on, dude. Just just to get what an extra few minutes in a in a triple threat tournament match. Stop. Um, Edge hits a double spear to Styles and Mysterio off the ring apron. Uh, there was another moment in the match where uh, Mysterio, <laughs> uh, Edge has a cross face as well as Styles with a calf crusher submission onto Rey Mysterio. So. Edge has the cross face on the Mysterio on the other end. Uh, you have Styles locking in the calf crusher onto Mysterio. So a double submission hold onto Rey Mysterio. Edge looks to hit the educator submission onto Rey. Edge kind of realizes that Styles is getting back to his feet. So he breaks that hold and then he locks the, the educator submission onto Styles. That, that was actually the one point in the match where I actually liked um, Edge a lot. I, I thought Edge looked pretty good i mean he and, and it's and it's just off of wrestling instincts right and it, it's just you know he realizes that it's the realization of of the match it's like oh snap like edge is getting or styles is getting to his feet he's like looking over like oh, screw it i'm just gonna toss ray and i'm just, now i'm gonna put the submission onto styles i like that it's the realism of the situation so outside of that again and maybe the spear off off the apron but like I mentioned earlier, Edge was again. This was one of the worst matches I've seen Edge perform um, in a long time. And and the fact that it's a triple threat, and if you go back into his history, it's no it's no surprise because he's never really done that well in these types of matches. Um. So yeah. So again, this the botch with the whole um with 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 Rey Mysterio uh, springboards off the top rope. Um. You had the double six one nine. And then again, Edge is just like on one knee and he's just like completely just misses the spot. I don't know what happened there. Just was really freaking ugly. And Styles hits the phenomenal forearm to Edge for the W. So uh, AJ Styles moves on to the semifinals of the tournament well, where he will face the challenger of uh, the next triple threat match, which was right after this match, may I add. Um going into the semifinals match and that semifinal match was would be your main event of the night so um kind of shocked that edge took the pinfall not gonna lie um was not expecting that at all but and look aj styles i love because again i go back this whole thing about tournaments i just don't understand what is what is this doing for ray and even with edge 
So again, that whole world title thing, you know, is pretty much out the window. Could it still be a possibility? Sure. Or a way that you can, you can still maybe make that happen. Sure. Um, you know, cause I mean, WWE, they don't do a freaking brand split. <laughs> they say, Oh, what brand split? They'll just invite people over to raw and SmackDown. Just give it time. They're already, they're already diminishing the draft with this whole fucking tournament. But with AJ Styles, I like AJ Styles a lot. And I'm going to speak more about this um, later on in the main event. I like the fact that AJ Styles is finally getting back into that title, that world title, that main event type of scene. I like that because, you know, you know, because he's freaking AJ Styles. Um, you know, I, mean, I remember not too long ago, this dude was holding the hand of freaking Omos um in a freaking tag team and now finally you know finally aj styles is at least being thrusted into this main event title in a main event title picture um so beggars i guess cannot be choosers i just hope that they have something for styles because again i highly doubt he's gonna win this fucking title guys um it just, to me, this whole tournament just seems so freaking predictable and it's not even fun. You know, it's like, we talked about like the whole, the bloodline storyline leading up to media, even though, yes, it might've been predictable for some fans, but at least it was fun. It was fun to watch, even though you knew and what needed to be done leading up into, into these big moments from WrestleMania, it was fun. What's fun about this fucking tour? Oh, you're going to see a great match between styles and, and, and and Seth Rollins. Okay, yeah, you're you're definitely gonna see that for sure. But again, how many times do I say this, guys, where I can just go to a local fucking bingo hall and just watch a great fucking match? You're gonna see it you know what you know what I'm saying, guys? It's just just doesn't make sense to me at all. And that and that's what I mean about this tournament. We pretty much know in a nutshell that Seth Rollins is gonna win this tournament. So why is AJ Styles inserted into this? being thrusted most likely into the finals. Does he get to the finals of this tournament? Well, we're going to find out in just a second, just to, just to take a bigger L on a, on a bigger stage. It doesn't do nothing for, it doesn't do nothing for him. And neither does the other person in this other triple threat match um, for this tournament. It's not doing anything for anybody. It's, it's ridiculous. And I think they're doing the same thing with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I have to do more research about that. I think they're doing some type of a contenders match or something like that. Again, it's just a lazy way to book a fucking show. It's ridiculous, man. We got to stop with these fucking tournaments. We got to stop enough. It's just lazy. We need to start getting freaking creative for fucking once in this company. So uh, to continue this World Heavyweight title tournament, uh, the very next match was the second triple threat match of this tournament. You now have Sheamus versus Austin Theory, your United States champion, versus Bobby Lashley. This time went also 15 minutes in length from bell to bell. Theory escapes the ring, and then Sheamus and uh, Lashley, they bring the fight uh, to Austin Theory on the outside. You know, Austin Theory's like rolling out the ring. You know, kind of just, you know, being that chicken shit type of a heel, like, you know, letting the big men kind of <laughs> do all the do all the heavy lifting in the match, you know, but you no, know, but they decided Seamus and Lashley to bring the fight to him. Uh, uh, Seamus and Lashley go blow for blow. 
uh, Theory, uh, when Theory inserts himself back into the match, um, Sheamus hits a white noise from the top rope onto the steel steps. Uh, uh, Lashley applies the heart lock. Um, uh, Sheamus then hits the bro kick to Austin Theory, who was in the hurt lock. Uh, then Lashley tosses Sheamus out of the ring, and Lashley pins Austin Theory for the W. So Lashley will go on later on in the main event to face AJ Styles at um, or you know, in the semifinals of this tournament. Guys, I've spoken heavily about this, especially in back on the backlash review. If it, if you guys have. Uh, Miss that? It's on Spotify right now, as well as Apple Podcasts. Go check that out. I cannot stand the fact that once again, what which feels like for it's for an eternity, for like the ten thousand fucking time, Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley in the same motherfucking match, and, and the only difference is is that Sheamus is just inserted. You had it's just the same match, guys. The same match that you saw at Backlash. The only difference is instead of Theory tossing out Lashley like a piece of garbage, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's like, oh, it's full circle. It's like it's storytelling, James. It's like Lashley did the same thing that the guys stop, man. Like, please stop. Stop trying to sound smart in regard. It's the same fucking match with the same two fucking people with one one person inserted after an, after another that's all this is it's fucking lazy it's late and, and and here's the thing with theory which I, I go back to the whole trying to make sense of this of this tournament why is austin theory in this tournament he's 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 holding a mid-card title then why is gunther not in it so, so somebody makes sense sense of that to me because again gunther has hold his Intercontinental Championship longer has had a better reign, and, and, and Austin Theory. Like I just, I don't, I don't get it. Makes no again. Make it make freaking sense. This tournament is nothing about just grabbing numbers or, or picking names out of a hat. That, that's all it is. Um. So, so in that aspect, with Theory and Lashley, I can't stand. And, and it's bad enough that they're once again drafted to the same freaking brand. So you're going to continue to see it again because they have nothing else for these fucking people. So you're going to see Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley again, maybe in another freaking rematch at some point. Maybe they'll, they'll probably just throw it on a SmackDown or some sort or something along those lines. Um, and Austin Theory taking the pinfall. And this is, again, what I mean about just triple threat matches just being thrown out there with no build, no creativity, nothing, no reasoning behind it. People want to say what they want to say about theory, and I completely understand. I was very harsh on theory on the on the backlash review, the good, and the, good the bad, and the ugly review. But that doesn't mean that Austin Theory just needs to be pinned in the middle of the fucking ring. He's getting pinned. Your mid-card champion is getting pinned for a for a, a world title that he shouldn't even be competing to 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 begin with. So, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I mean, just make it just make it make sense, dude. There's nothing and and this is what we spent majority of your first hour is this is this freaking tournament. I I just I just don't get it. Um and so Sheamus he he was in somewhat of a backstage segment with Pretty Deadly, uh, and it was like for like sixty seconds. There was nothing memorable about it. I guess Pretty Deadly was like cracking jokes at the brawling brutes or something. 
So there you go. That's a great way to uh, also debut Pretty Deadly, just in a segment that's just not even fucking memorable. And you're going to throw them into a match next week against the Brawling Brutes, just just straight out of the fucking gate. Um, yeah, just makes so. So Sheamus is now dealing with that. So that so this tournament really helped Sheamus, you know, really get freaking momentum of this freaking tournament loss because now he's just going to be messing around with Pretty Deadly um with with and with the brawling brutes now um and and i'm gonna get into bobby lashley in just a second and with austin theory um just i just don't understand why champions these mid-card champions are being thrusted into this into this world heavyweight title scene just let austin theory just be the united states champion and, and just come up with with contenders to potentially take that title away from him please because nothing makes sense with him being in this tournament. And he takes a fucking pinfall that even makes that that's just even more baffling as it is. Um, so yeah, so th those are my sense. Th those are my two cents about that. And that's just my honest take about that. Um, and we'll talk more about Bobby Lashley uh, once we get into the main event as the main event for later on the night will be the semifinal match of this tournament between Lashley and AJ Styles. Grayson Waller was backstage with Adam Pierce says whoever wins tonight's semifinal tournament, they get to be a guest next week on his show, which I believe is called the Grayson Waller effect. So Grayson Waller making his first appearance on SmackDown and Pierce accepts. So um, I just wish that this company actually has something for Grayson. And again, I there's there's so many different ways that I can off the top of my head that can just debut Grayson Waller in a better freaking in a better limelight, in a better setting. I mean, guys, I mean, if you guys watch NXT, if you guys have seen clips of NXT, especially as of late, you know, since he's officially turned heel, this dude has been in tremendous segments with Johnny Gargano. Hell with freaking Shawn Michaels and, and, and freaking uh, matches with, 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 uh, with Braun Breaker and, and, and others, this dude can, this dude can freaking go. So it, I guess what this dude's just gonna he's gonna be the SmackDown's version of the Miz. He's gonna just host talk shows and just I guess just be the 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 jobber to to what to whoever wins uh, the semifinal tournament and they're gonna what face each other in an upcoming match later on l later on moving into closer tonight at Champions and lose that fucking match like like what are we doing with Grayson Waller? Um, I'll give it a chance to see what they do. But do I believe for one second they actually have something for him? Hell fucking no. So up next, uh, Cameron Grimes, also another NXT um, NXT call-up, uh, making his main roster debut against Baron Corbin. Guys, this was a six-second squash match. Uh, Baron Corbin says some words, the bell rings, and, and just from the snap of a finger... Grimes hits the double stomp cave-in for the W. So Cameron Grimes, and I believe this is very similar to how Cameron Grimes won his debut match in NXT. So they kind of wanted to do the same thing uh, for him on the main roster. So good for Cameron Grimes. Um, it's good to see this dude. I feel like it's been a minute since I've seen this dude on, on WWE television. But for Baron Corbin, dude, I... I just don't understand the notion of where they're going with Corbin. Is this dude just going to continue to take embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss and 
just be a comedic act. Um, cause like, look, I, I know we have our takes about Corbin and, and how, and look, he's not that good and blah, blah, blah. But again, at some point guys, they're going to need to come up with something with Baron Corbin, like just having this dude just continue to just get embarrassed. It, it, it's just, you, you gotta come up with something. I don't know if, is that bringing him back to his, his lone wolf character? I, I don't know. Maybe it's him bringing, maybe it's him taking a trip to NXT. And trying to find himself, um, you know, people like Jinder Mahal and people like Apollo Cruz had to do the same thing. Is that going to help them now? Now that they're back on the main roster, remains to be seen. But I mean, you got to come up with something. If Baron Corbin on NXT, going back to NXT at this point, t- t- to me seems like the only decision that you can do. Because what else? What el- what other decision? can you do right now with, with Baron Corbin on the main roster? You might as well give him a cleanse because that's what this dude needs. This dude was verbally a freaking abused on national television by JBL <laughs> not too long ago, as well as now getting squashed by Cameron Grimes and Hey, major props to Cameron Grimes and speaking. And by the way, speaking of the, of Austin theory and in uh, and the United States championship, uh, like we mentioned in, in the, in the triple threat match that he was involved in. If you're thinking of contenders, to take that title away from theory. Cameron Grimes is your dude. I'm, I'm not saying do it right now, but in the near future, that's something I would look forward to. I know there's talking, I know there's talks about Montez and maybe LA Knight. I would keep LA Knight a freaking heel. This, this dude doesn't need, he doesn't need a title right now, guys. You know what the, you know what LA Knight needs? This dude, a uh, yeah, freaking needs good freaking booking. He needs momentum. He needs freaking W's. Um, as well as Cameron Grimes, since this was his debut. Um, so yeah, so Cameron Grimes, potential United States champion, the to be the one to take down Austin Theory. Why not, dude? Um, this dude, if you know his his work in NXT, this dude is talented. This dude has, you know, he has the mic work. He's got, you know, he just there's something there. And, and if you watch NXT, you guys understand what I mean. So so he takes, so he wins his debut. Uh, he wins his debut match in legit six seconds. So, and I like the fact how it kind of had similar ties to his debut match. He also won that in seconds against, I forgot who that was against over in NXT. And they did the same thing to, to, uh, to Baron Corbin. I wish they could have made the moment a little bit more. I don't know. Did, did it make, did it make people that much more gravit gravitating towards Grimes? Did it, did it get fans to, to care that much more about Cameron Grimes? I don't know. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I'll give it a chance. I mean, hey, I, I like the fact that he's, hey, you win your first big match on the main roster, keep that shit going. Get him involved in something. Maybe that is with Baron Corbin right now. Um, I mean, after a six-second squash, I don't know what else he can do with Baron Corbin. Um, but yeah, so Cameron Grimes, my man is, uh, my man is going to go straight to the moon with that first w in his main roster debut um shout out to cameron grimes hopefully hopefully there is something for that dude so that ends our number one our number two we start off with roman reigns roman reigns returns to wwe as well as the bloodline they hit the ring and their music hits uh, Paul Heyman, he kept looking back at the World Heavyweight Championship during Roman's entrance. 
I know that's got a lot of talk. People are like, you better not freaking even it's like, stop it, Damon. Like, stop looking that tight. Like, stop it. <laughs> because like, you know, because again, I know we talk about memes about all oh, like how funny would it be if Roman would just hold all the freaking titles? Well, after what happened in this segment, there's, you know, who's to say that that possibly can't happen? Uh, but yeah, so continuing on with this segment, um, Knoxville, Tennessee doing the fucking what chant. You guys know how I feel about that chant. It is the most ridiculous fucking chant every. It's just enough. It's just the, the attention spans with these fucking rest with these fucking fans. You know, not all of them, just some of them. Just it boggles my it boggles my mind. It's just seriously. Uh, but yeah, Roman Reigns is back. Um, he praises Solo Sokoa, you know, for stepping up, you know, s- you know, s- since he's been with the bloodline, of course, talking about the six man tag match on um, at, or at Backlash, taking care of the Matt Riddle problem. Um, I think Solo Sokoa, also, he, I think he whispered something to to Roman about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And then Roman Reigns kind of just starts laughing. He's like, he's like, listen, listen, you know, there is an actual problem. You're right. But it's not Sammy and Kevin Owens. And then his attitude change. He turns over to the Usos and says, it's your brothers. <laughs> and that's when Roman slowly approach, approaches the Usos. Um, and now this is where it really starts to really get intriguing. He emphasizes, he emphasized how, they dedicated that tag title rematch to him and lost. Like he goes up to him and says like, Oh, like you didn't, you didn't think we were just not going to talk about the fact that you lost the the titles at mania. Did you You think we we're going to talk about how the fact that you dedicated this match to me and freaking also lost. <laughs> so that, so that was heavily emphasized by Roman. Um, and he's mainly talking to Jimmy. Like Jay is kind of like standing a little bit behind him. So Right now, the focus of Roman is right now on Jimmy Uso. Um, Roman Reigns demands that they apologize to him. Uh, Jimmy Uso just starts laughing, kind of, and like starts he's he, he's laughing in a way where he's like, "Come on, come on, Uso! Like, you, you, like we're not going to apologize. Come on, man, is this a joke? Like, are you really doing this? Like, stop!" And, and then Roman really starts to get pissed. He's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, oh we're running another commercial, like." Uh, it's like, am I here to make you laugh? Am I a clown? Is that all I am to you? I'm just a clown, right? And he shoves freaking Jimmy Uso in his face. He takes, like, shoves him back a few a few feet. Um, and Jimmy's face just says it all. This dude is starting now to get pissed. He's starting to get sick of Roman shit. Um, and he's about to approach Roman. Like, he aggressively starts walking over to Roman. Uh, Jay Uso cuts him off, and then he screams into the microphone, and says, I apologize. And, and he says, I apologize, you know, or we apologize, you know, on behalf of both him as well as his brother. And Jay Uso, you know, he, he and he said it twice because there was talks about um and, and I and I didn't see this, but apparently Fox um and WWE, there was a chant that was going on after Roman Reigns shoved Jimmy Uso. And there was a chant, I don't know what the chant was, but and you guys know what I'm about to I'm about to say as well. The whole thing about muting the crowd, and they muted the freaking crowd, and I think it affected Jay Uso in his promo or what he said afterwards in the process. Guys, that has to stop. It, it fucking has to. It really it has to stop. It's just like enough, a- enough with this company and muting. Sh- I I don't understand it. It's just 
it's ridiculous. Like now they're, it's like this whole, that whole Thunderdome era. It really was like, it really was a freaking just a, <laughs> a freaking era of wrestling just to kind of forget about seriously. Cause now, now this company has figured out ways where, Oh, if we need to get a superstar over, let's just insert freaking crowd or insert crowd noise. And, and, and we can just mute the actual crowd itself because fuck, fuck the fans, fuck what they actually want. Fuck what they, what, what, uh, what they're, what their take is or what they think is best for the company. No, let's just fucking mute them and let's just put in automated crowd noise to make it seem like the stars, the handmade stars, the people like, you know, Austin theory and others are actually getting over and guys, it's bullshit. I'm so freaking sick of it. And I actually was able to go back and, and see this, um, from a lot, there was a lot of videos that I came across in, you know, the, the segment being muted and how everything just was like legit, like, ev like everything was muted because of that chant. And, and that's just, it's so disappointing how the, the, the mindset of this company and maybe Fox plays a part of it as well. I'm sure, but it's just like, dude, it just, it ruins the segment. It ruins the moment. They gotta stop with that shit, man. I've seen enough of that. Fuck this. Fuck the muting the crowd. Fuck automated crowd noise enough with it. It's just, it's, it's just makes it, it's just ridiculous, man. It, I'm stuttering. Cause that's how frustrated I am with this shit. It's like enough, man, just because of what, because they don't like what the crowd is chanting. Fucking like, give me a fucking break, dude. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> going back into this segment, um, you know, Jay Uso, he continues his promo or continues his shtick. Um, he goes on to say, listen, you give us one more shot and we'll bring those tag titles back to the bloodline, Us. Um, and Roman then goes on to say, you're right. The tag titles will come back to the bloodline. He's, and, you know, but it's not what they, it's not what they think. And uh, <laughs> Roman says, you know, wise men. He's like, fill them in. And then that's when Heyman grabs the microphone um, and says that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and this was due, of course, like his promo or his shtick saying that they were able to pull some strings and this and that, right? Saying that uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will lose <laughs> um, or pretty much defend their tag titles to get ready for it, guys. Get ready for this. You ready? Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns. That's right. Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns will be going after the WWE Tag Team titles against Kevin Owens and, Sam and Sami Zayn at Night of Champions. Wow. And, and, and Roman Reigns finishes it off by saying that he dedicates their tag, tag title victory to the greatest tag team of all time. And he starts looking at the Usos and then he points back to the hard cam and says, the wild Samoans. And he puts up the freaking ones <laughs> pretty much just flat out disrespecting his, his freaking cousins. Um, and that's the segment. So a decent freaking segment for a segment of, I mean, outside of the whole muting the crowd and shit, which pisses me off decent freaking segment. And, and this is what I mean about Roman Reigns, man. And 
it sucks that I have to I have to call stuff out in regards to Roman about him like oh like this whole a thousand plus day title reign just to surpass Hulk Hogan because that's the plan for WWE guys the plan right now is to surpass Roman is to surpass Hulk Hogan in 1470 some odd days whatever that number is which is probably going to lead you into early of 2024 or somewhere in that time frame. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, why? The, the moment was freaking WrestleMania at night two against Cody Rhodes. If you're an intelligent, smart wrestling fan, you understand where I'm coming from with that and how that makes much more sense to where Roman Reigns doesn't have to be holding onto these titles or holding these titles hostage when he's on a part-time schedule. He's even more part-time than he's ever been before. Me and Brian have also stated that for, for many episodes in the past. And it sucks that I have to say that and call that out because I love freaking Roman. I love everything about this character. Ever since he came back when he returned, what was it, two, three plus years ago when he started this heel freaking run, I've loved every single minute of it. But there comes a time and place where a chapter or a book needs to be closed. And the book that needed to be closed was Roman Reigns losing those fucking titles and, and telling a story with the Usos that doesn't have to involve him holding on to those freaking titles. It just doesn't need to. You, Cody Rhodes would have gotten that tremendous freaking championship moment at, at the biggest stage that is WrestleMania. He can be, you know, he's on a full-time schedule. He could be defending those freaking championships across the, he could be holding onto those titles across the world. They were on European tours and such. Roman Reigns can take his however many months that he can take off with his freaking vacation. And it's no harm, no foul. And I hate that I have to, I, I have to speak so negatively, negatively about Roman because he comes back and he does the shit that he does. And it's so good. This dude, ever since that he's made this transformation, has been freaking awesome. But the problem is, is that he's still holding on to those titles, and it's not doing anything for anybody outside of him. And that's the problem. He does not need to be holding on to these titles when he's on hardly a part-time schedule. It just doesn't make sense. And if it's affected Cody Rhodes in the process and his feud with Brock, as well as this tournament and all these people that are just in this tournament going after a consolation prize because that's what the fucking world title is in a nutshell. And it just, it pisses, it pisses me off, man, because I love Roman and I've been, and, and me and Brian, and, and here's another thing, me and Brian were one of the few to defend Roman Reigns that entire title reign leading up to mania, because I remember there have been so many fans, so many podcasters that I came across saying that Roman Reigns needs to lose to Drew or Roman Reigns needs to lose to, 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 to freaking, uh, to this person or to that person. Every single challenger was the person to take the title from Roman. But now the fact, because it's Cody and people just don't like Cody Rhodes and you know, Oh, like, Oh, I, I, I like that. Uh, I like the decision. You know, Roman Reigns should have uh, should have uh, won the match. It was the right call. Yeah, that no harm, no foul. It's fine. Like, and now people are just on board with it. Where for fucking years, 
they shit, they, and I'm not saying everybody, I'm just saying there's just a few fans out there that, that were very, that very critical about Roman in this whole title reign because it, it was, at least it was supposed to lead everything going up into mania. And then ever since then, for the past month, him holding on to those titles, yes, it does wonders for him. Great for, great for Roman. But for everybody else, it does nothing. It diminishes everybody else because now you're going after a world title because the company's like, hey, look at this brand, sh brand shiny new title because Roman's on a part-time schedule. We need to have him uh, hold on to that title for another 400 more days going into 2024. So let's let's give you this brand new title because you're you're you know you're not going to defeat Roman Reigns or like you know the the aspect is like you're not good enough to beat Roman Reigns. So here's another title. So here it is. Have fun with it, kids. Enjoy. That's how it comes across. So and, and that's where I'm also frustrating the aspect with Edge, where there maybe could have been some positive light if you could have had Edge be the first one to hold on to that title. You know, the title that he never lost. Everything comes in full circle, like he mentioned in his his uh, his video on social media. And maybe you could you could make sense out of it. But no, we're just going to have a freaking have a tournament. We're going to eliminate him from the process. And I understand, guys, he didn't look good in the match. And, and you can tell he's getting older and and so on and so forth. I completely get it. It's but here's the thing. Even from Edge, ever since he came back, has delivered a lot of good shit. But like I also mentioned earlier, when you put him in smart in just circus schmas matches, like a triple threat tournament, it, it's not going to do him any wonders. Because again, it, it, it's not just because he's he's older is why he looked sloppy in that match. He's he's never really looked that great in these types of matches in the past. He's had his moments. In, 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 especially in the prime of his career. But but for the most part, triple threat matches, it, it was never his strong suit. But one-on-one, -on -one, telling the story one-on-one -on -one with people like Edge, The Undertaker, the list goes on and on, that's where Edge delivers. And if you can do that, if you could book him properly and have him hold on to that title and lose it to somebody that has that momentum and can carry that title to new heights, and then Edge goes off into the sunset. He retires the way he wants to retire, you know. And the company would just be at least somewhat in a better place. It's bad enough, like I mentioned, that SmackDown's involved in this. But if they're going to be involved, Edge was the way to go. But now this, but now that he's not, I don't know what else you can do. And speaking of the World Heavyweight Championship, you know, obviously today is our um after smackdown is our top five list but today is not going to be um a top five wrestlers of the week list this list is going to involve the world heavyweight championship what that list actually is we'll make sure you uh, tune in um after the end of this review to see what that's going to be so but yeah th that's just um it, it's it, it's unfortunate because i want to get behind it i, I want to try i want to give it a chance but if you're if people are being honest with themselves, they know why this world heavyweight championship is a thing. You could have had something with Edge. You know, you, you could have had something with Edge. You maybe could have made some sense out of it, somewhat of a story out of it. And they don't want to even do that. You know, but let and, and let's continue to mute the crowd. 
Let's continue to, 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 to edit crowd noise because we need a certain superstar to go over like a Charlotte Flair and an Austin Theory. Just ass fucking backwards for the past month. Seriously. So yeah, just to conclude that, it sucks because this segment was darn good. I just, and, and, and here's another thing as well, as I forgot to mention in regards to Sammy and Kevin Owens, it seems like to me, they're going to be in Saudi. They're going to defend those titles in Saudi Arabia. If you guys know the history with Saudi Arabia, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, th- there's just this weird relationship where they don't, they don't go to Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't, I'm, sh- I, I guess that's somewhat of a, like a religious thing or some type of, um, I don't know if you guys, I'll read more into what that story really is. Um, I have notes about it, but I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but if you want to, if you guys are interested to look it up, I'm sure it's, you know, there's research of why that is what that is. Um, but yeah, but it looks like they're going to defend those titles, um, at Saudi against Roman and, and solo. And here's my thoughts about that, because you would think, right. Solo and Roman being in this match at a Saudi show, it's like, oh, it's no harm, no foul. Well, that that may not be the case because, guys, do not be shocked <laughs> if for if somehow, some way, Roman and Solo Sokoa walk away or walk out of Saudi Arabia with those titles. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I know I don't <laughs> I don't want to put that image in a lot of people's heads because that's a that's another thing that we you know that we just desperately need, I guess now is Roman Reigns just holding on to more titles, you know, and, you know, the fact that he's already on a part-time schedule, he's going to hold more titles hostage. So, again, don't be a shock, guys, if that freaking happens. Um, would I bet my money on it that it's going to maybe happen? Um, again, I could see it happening, but um, it's it's weird. And it just it just leads to more questions then I have answers and it's not really good questions to be honest. It's kind of more baffling, confusing questions as I'm sure as a lot of wrestling fans have. So yeah, um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn against Solo and Roman at, at night of champions for those tag titles. So I don't know. I, I, I really, I really don't know that there's ways that this could be, that, that, that this could still work out, but then there's also ways where this could just go into a completely different direction where this becomes just absolutely horrific. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but yeah, it's definitely very weird. This show as a whole was very weird. The way everything was laid out, the matches, the tournaments, just everything. And, and we'll go more uh, over the show um in just a second but yeah just what this leads to um i mean and i guess the fact that this match is already being promoted it seems like whatever maybe there was a deal um or an agreement between saw between Sami Zayn, kevin owens wwe and the people from saudi that he can go over to saudi and, and compete over there um since the match is already being um is already being promoted. It seems like it's already going to be official. So it seems like maybe an agreement has already been made in, in that aspect. So I don't know, you know, does Roman Reigns and solo Sokoa does, does Roman Reigns just add more freaking, just add more freaking hardware. Um, again, I know we talk a lot. (laughs) I know there's a lot of memes about it. I know there's a lot of jokes about it, but again, guys, that, that 
that image, this this image of Roman Reigns legit holding on to mo- mo- title after title after title, um, in, in one you know, in, in one t- in one huge reign or whatever, could happen. <laughs> it legit could freaking happen. Um, but we'll see. Um, but this is very baffling. Um, and it just leads more questions than it does really answers. So up next, uh, we have the women's tag title match. This was Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus damage control. This was Bailey and Dakota Kai match time was only five and a half minutes. Um, just, and again, I just with title matches, the prestige guys always talk about the prestige of title matches. It makes no freaking sense how you can just have a five minute, maybe six minute title match and think like, Oh, that anyone's going to remember what the fuck happened in this match. Or if anyone's going, going to fucking care. Um, so yeah, it's just, and we've seen this match before. It's just, you take out EO sky and you insert Bailey. It's the same freaking match. Um, this women's tag division, you guys know how I feel about it. It's just, and I'm as well as Brian does. It's, it's just a mess. Um, but yeah, Bailey. Bailey tells Eo Sky in this match. Is you know Eo Sky's at ringside. She tells uh, she tells her to get the t- uh, the tag titles or to grab those set of titles to use as a distraction. Dakota Kai has one of the titles and she's standing on the ring apron. The referee is distracted. Bailey uh, or Eo Sky is looking to hand Bailey that other tag championship. Raquel stops Eo Sky f- uh, from that exchange happening. Um, Bailey accidentally knocks EO Sky off the ring apron and Liv Morgan, uh, pins Bailey for the W. And what do you guys think that Liv Morgan did to win this match? Take a really good guess. Do you know what that finish was guys? Do you want to know what it is? Liv Morgan wins this match, this title match via the awe-inspiring, ultra-devastating roll-up finish. Yep, Bailey, Frickin' Bailey, one of your top stars, one of your top female stars in this company, getting rolled up in a women's tag match in five minutes. What the fuck? Are, are are we doing like, are we fucking serious? It's just, I, I don't understand. Listen, I understand Liv Morgan and Raquel. I mean, to me, if I were to really dissect of what's going on here with these tag titles, this to me is just leading up to whenever Shayna Baszler gets healthy. Cause I know she's dealing with an injury this to me is just leaning up to the fact of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, whether it's SummerSlam or maybe Money in the Bank. I don't know for them to take those titles away. But again, there's nothing memorable about this title reign. You, you, you guys know how I feel about Liv Morgan and being inserted into this tag team. I just don't think it's doing anything for her at all. Um, you could be doing creative shit with her as a singles competitor. Um, again, that doesn't need to involve a title. I'm not saying she needs to be holding on to to championship gold for, for, you know, having the same milestones that Bianca Belair is having. And we're going to get to Bianca Belair in in just a second as well. 
this again, this tag team division just—it's just diminishing. You're just throwing people in a team just to have them as a team. Damage control, like I don't understand their booking. I really don't understand. And then people are going to be like, "Oh, well, James, this is uh, you know, this is you know, suspense leading into their split." Guys, like, why can't just listen? If damage control. Oh my God. Like, why can't, because here's the thing. We had so much high expectations for damage control and this entire team. And and now it's just like, we're we're just slowly building. Like what intrigue is there with, with damage control and a split? Honestly, I I don't, we're just going to have them just fucking lose a match after match after match. That's how you build a fucking split. Just have them just, just get absolutely just fucking embarrassed. I don't understand. Like, why does, why does everything in regards to a split or a repackage that they need to continue to fucking lose match after match? Like, why? What is, I, I just, I don't get it, bro. Nothing was, and if you notice too, as well as the women's, uh, the women's segment with Bianca um, and as well as another participant. And, I'm, and we're, like I said, we're going to get into that in just a second. Um, their time was cut short. I mean, and I mean, the women really got the short end of the stick on the show. Cause again, this title match was just a freaking dud and it sucked and there's nothing memorable about it. Liv Morgan and, and, and uh, Raquel win the match. Okay, great. Golf clap. Awesome. Uh, damage control they just continue to look like just fucking idiots um i i don't know we're we're slowly we're we're slowly building this what this split guys and they're gonna split and look i i understand too especially after wrestlemania i said look if you're if damage control if this is how you're gonna book damage control especially after they lost to becky trish and lita then just then just get rid of it if this is how they're being booked, you know. But I, we had so much expectations for this group. Why can't this group just look dominant? I mean, you have three tremendous freaking performers in this fucking group that really feed off of one another. And of course, I mean, they're planting seeds as well because, I mean, I'm sure whenever that time comes, the split is going to happen. But they split, and, and and then what? I mean, they're gonna. T- it's just I, I don't trust this company to not only have anything for these three individuals for when they split, or even to make the split memorable. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just like what what is getting you intrigued to say like, oh snap, like. When is the turn going to happen? Is is it going to happen next week? Is it going to happen here? Is it going to happen there? What what is it, guys? Like we're having them lose in a tag title match for what? For what? Because we know they're not going to fucking win because they just held on to those fucking titles. Oh my god! <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, enough of that because that the more I talk about that, the more I'm just going to get freaking livid in regards to the situation. Pretty deadly is in a backstage segment with the brawling brutes. And it just sets up a match for them. For those two teams, you have pretty deadly versus the brawling brutes. Uh, congr- great job 
uh, booking the freaking booking pretty deadly in this segment. This was so memorable, guys. I'm going to go back and watch this freaking segment 10,000 more freaking times because I was so intrigued with this 30-second to 60-second backstage segment because this debut was just so fucking great. This was so memorable. I mean, man, we're going to remember this for years to come. Says nobody ever. And they, they, put, the, they put these two in a freaking match. With the brawling brutes, they're in one segment that that nobody even remembers nor gives a shit, and now they're already in a tag match together. I, I mean, un un freaking real, un freaking real. Moving on, because the more I talk about that, then I'm just I'm the more I'm just gonna get just dumbfounded. So Bianca Belair, she hits the ring, uh, her music hits as she celebrates being the longest reigning women's champion in the modern era. I believe her reign as of right now, as, as I have in my notes, uh, 402 days as champion. Uh, major pyro, balloons are out. Um, the celebration's about to start. Um, and Asuka's music hits. Asuka, she has come back from the... <laughs> they, the Vince McMahon, Triple H, WWE, they released her from the doghouse. And now she is back. Um, last time we saw her, of course, was at WrestleMania. And of course, she is, you know, she was drafted over to SmackDown. Uh, but she comes out not in her Kana attire, but in her regular kind of like just, um, I, I guess you can call it like a street attire. She's not wearing her makeup and everything like that. Um, but I don't know. So something along those lines. Um, she enters the ring. She extends her hand uh, to Bianca Belair for a handshake. They shake hands. And without hesitation, Asuka just spits green mist in the face of Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca is selling the shit. <laughs> she is selling the shit out of it. Like, guys, like, she legit is like she's getting, like, she legit got caught on fire. Like, that's how, <laughs> right? That's how legit Belair is selling this. Um, I love the fact that she's selling it, but... I, I, there's an argument to say that she went a little bit over the top, but hey, I love I I love the selling. It was much appreciated. I mean, guys, like she is legit, guys. Go back and watch this. She is legit acting like she like her eyes are legit on fire and like she's melting and she's fucking burning uh, into freaking into freaking rubble. Seriously, <laughs> um, was a little bit over the top, maybe. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I appreciate the selling. I really like wrestlers kind of over overdoing something in that aspect if that makes sense so but that was pretty much it Asuka just she just she just walks back up the rampway and Bianca there was another segment where she was in the trainer's room she's like really pissed and she's still selling the freaking mist in her face um in the trainer's room and that was it um Man, I, guys, this, if you notice this segment was, was, it seemed to me this was cut short. To me, like, there was supposed to be more of this segment than what we got because of, like, the segments with Roman, as well as this fucking tournament, this irrelevant, nonsensical fucking World Heavyweight Championship tournament. Like, the women just got the short end of the stick tonight. I, I mean, Bianca Belair just goes out there 
and for just everything just happens just in the in the drop of a dime in the in the drop of a hat in the snap of a finger and Asuka spits her mist in her face was this uh, it's just okay she's officially turned heel i thought she was already a heel uh, or i don't even know we didn't even know what Asuka and her relationship was with bianca going into mania i, I mean i wish this 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 could have been booked going into their match at mania but guys, we also know what this is leading to as well. I mean, what, another match between them at Night of Champions? I, I mean, are we really thinking that if she wasn't going to get that moment at WrestleMania, they're going to have this rematch at what? Probably Night of Champions. I, I mean, this is just, again, what is this doing for Asuka? She's not going to win the fucking title, guys. Um, it's And, and look, I like, this, I like the mist in the face and everything. But everything just got cut so short. The, she spits mist in the face. Bianca's like overselling it. And that's it. I was expecting like, well, I mean, maybe it's my fault for actually expecting more from this fucking company. But you would think that the, the segment would be more memorable. Asuka really just beats the living shit out of this, out of this woman. You know, you have her family uh at at uh, at ringside maybe you have something that where the family gets involved make the moment memorable but god forbid wwe gives that type of booking to oscar because you can tell even i can't really call this a memorable type of heel turn i, I don't know what this is it was just very weird because god forbid like i mentioned wwe you know really gives oscar the ball and lets her run with it god for fucking bid but we all know what this is leading to because guys, we also mentioned as well, and this is where I start to talk about Charlotte Flair. You guys know it doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to know that Charlotte Flair for when, whenever she comes back is going to take that title from Bianca Belair. She's probably going to return as a heel. So she's going to turn a heel. Once again, she returned last time. She returned as a baby face. She might just return as a freaking heel again. Just once again, this company trying to do, and they'll edit freaking crowd noise and all that shit, right? You know, just, just to think like, oh, like the fans are giving a shit about Charlotte Flair. Like, like she's actually has, you know, a connection with the audience, like a true connection. Just enough. I, I see where this shit is going. At least the perspective of where this is going from a mile away. They're, they're just having... They're just throwing two. They're just throwing the segment out there. Again, this the segment to me was cut short because of the the tournament and the Roman Reigns bloodline segment. So the women had to get the short end of the stick. You have Asuka. Just nothing was memorable about this guy's the mist in the face. It was cool. I'm not going to say it was not. The segment wasn't bad. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was just cut short, and it was just so abrupt. I, I just, I don't, I, I just don't understand. Again, this is the booking that Asuka should have gotten to start the feud. So that's what I mean. This company is ass fucking backwards, or they just don't give a fuck about Asuka's booking. It's one of the two. So yeah, it, it's just, so yeah, Bianca's going to, and, and Asuka's going to have a rematch of some sort at night of champions. Okay. Then what, and then what does that do again for Asuka? Because we all know what this is truly leading to. Charlotte Flair, because she is a SmackDown superstar. She was drafted to SmackDown. 
you know. And here and here's another thing too. Is does nobody find it weird that Bianca is still holding on to the Raw Women's Championship and Rhea Ripley over on Raw still holding on to the SmackDown Championship? Does nobody find that bizarre? Is anybody bringing this up or am I the only fucking person that is? And and cuz cuz here's the thing. They know, and I'm sure WWE and, and Suits and Ties know that just swapping the titles is freaking stupid. And I'm sure back, you know, they haven't done it yet because they know they effed up and they're trying to figure out some way to make this make sense. And, and, and you know, everything about the situation as a whole, because we guys, we know that just swapping the titles, it's going to do nothing for the prestige of not just the title holder, but the titles themselves. It's just like, oh, let's just swap the titles. Uh, give me your Reese's peanut butter cup and, and, and I'll get your Hershey's bar. Uh, give me your Kit Kat bar for your bag of M&Ms. That's what, what, that's what, you know, the titles pretty much would represent to just swap them. Like they're just pieces of fucking candy. Like, like they're just fucking meaningless. But they know, but, uh, but I'm sure it hasn't happened yet because WWE is maybe trying to find a way to do something different that has somewhat logic and common sense. But here's the problem, right? Here's, here's the problem. You could have just, you could have just had Bianca and Rhea just stay at the brands that like, I, I don't understand. Like you, you would think as to make, to, to make this make more sense. Like you would think that Bianca as the raw women's champion, she would just stay over on raw. And you would think that Rhea being the SmackDown champ, she would just stay on SmackDown. But Again, I don't know. There's nothing about this situation that makes any freaking sense. Bianca's just holding on to the Raw Women's Title on a when she's a SmackDown superstar. This fucking <laughs> oh man, can't make it up, man. You you just cannot make it up. Main event time. Let's get straight into this. AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley. This is the semifinals of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Match time in length was little over that 10-minute mark from bell to bell. Lashley dominates the match early. However, when it's all said and done, AJ Styles wins the match via a phenomenal forearm. Um, AJ Styles will now go on to face Seth Rollins at Night of Champions in the finals to crown a brand new world heavyweight champion. Uh, Styles ends the show at the rampway uh, at the rampway. Uh, celebrating as the OC comes out, celebrates alongside him, and SmackDown goes off the air. So uh, Bobby Lashley was also busted up in this match. He was bloodied up. Um, he was also, it, obviously, and I didn't mention this from the last the last triple threat match, but uh, Lashley was busted open. He was bloodied and all that stuff from the triple threat, um, and he got busted open yet again in this match. Um, so... Here's what I'll say. Bobby Lashley, and I'll get to AJ Styles in just a second. Bobby Lashley, okay, he won the triple threat, and now he lost at a, which is pretty much a bigger stage. This is technically a semifinals match. This is a bigger stage than a first round triple threat. Am I right? So he loses this match. What the fuck did this do for Lashley? You put him on a bigger stage, and... He doesn't get the job done. And that's what I mean about this fucking tournament. It does nothing for anybody despite the winner of the actual tournament. Unless it leads something to them. 
right? So, you know, something happens in the match where you can build off of a feud and make it interesting and make it captivating and special, you know, but nothing. Bobby Lashley just loses straight up clean and we just go off the fucking airway. So what did this do guys? Oh, it's, it, it, again, this is going to lead to Bobby Lashley and Austin theory again, because that's all this company knows what to do now. Let's just put Bobby Lashley and, and Austin theory in another match. Or in another few, because that's all we need. That's all we know what to do with these two people. It's just a shame, man. Every time I watch people like Bobby Lashley and even people like Sheamus from that triple threat match, and this is sad. Every time they walk out there, their music hits, you would think that there's some like, oh snap, like here comes Bobby Lashley. Here comes uh here comes Sheamus. Like, oh, this this segment or this match is gonna be good. Guys. I hear their theme music hit and I can give two flying fucks. Seriously, that, that's where, that's where, uh, that's where I'm at now in, in regards to Bobby Lashley. And it's no fault to his own because his booking is that fucking horrible. And that's, and now I turn over to, to AJ Styles. I love the fact that AJ Styles is somewhat back in this main event title scene, right? Or in the main event picture as a whole you know aj's because he's aj freaking styles um because i mean it wasn't too long ago where this dude was messing around with omos and, and and just being hardly even booked with any relevancy at all and now he comes back and he's gonna be in the finals of this to compete for a world heavyweight championship so in that aspect Beggars can't be choosers in regards to Styles. Again, once because but here's because here's the thing: is AJ Styles really going to win this match? Because we we I think everybody knows that Rollins is going to win this freaking title. What is that going to do for for Seth Rollins holding on to this title in the first place? Okay, he wins the tournament, great. But is the booking of of his of his character going to be that much better to when he held on to the United States Championship for several months? Come on. Like, it's going to be no freaking different unless they have something planned that we just don't know about. I don't trust it. And I just don't believe in it that that's the case. They're, like, fans are just going to sing his fucking song and he's just going to hold on to that beautiful t- championship. His booking's not going to be any different. I mean, I mean what, what gives me a reason to, to believe that that's to, to believe otherwise? I, I'm just saying this company doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt at all. So AJ Styles, you know, it, it's good to see collect W's. I just wish it just wasn't at the expense with all of these other freaking wrestlers. And, and, I'll, and I'll end it with this as we get into and we, as we get into our top five list here. This World Heavyweight Championship, there was ways where going back to talking about Edge, where you can make sense and you can make th- this title picture somewhat intriguing. So now you're going to get AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and people, and I'm sure people are going to have an orgasm over that. Oh, it's a great match. This is going to be a, a b- banger and I'm sure it will be. <laughs> but again, I can go to a local bingo hall in the state of North Carolina and just watch a great wrestling match. And again, these are two baby faces. May I add, so again, it's just going to be a, unless they, oh, well, James, like they're just going to like, wait till, 
Seth Rollins is going to win the championship and then we're going to get into title feud. So they're just going to have a great match for everybody to enjoy. And then we're going to get into the, then we're going to get into the storytelling, James, just, just let it play out. Are we though? (laughs) And, 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 and here's the, and here's the thing, like a tournament is the best way that you can come up with, can, can come up with a, a way to have Seth Rollins get crowned the champion. He's deserving. I get that. But so is 10 other superstars that I can name in that fucking locker room. That shouldn't dictate your fucking show. That shouldn't dictate the way you do business. I'm sorry, guys. It just doesn't. Um, so, so, yeah. You're, AJ Styles and, 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 and Seth Rollins. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are excited about the match. And rightfully so. Um, it's AJ Styles and Seth. And I'm sure they'll do their thing. Just long term and in retrospect, AJ Styles is going to lose the match, most likely. At least that's what we're expecting. Seth, and it's what's going to do for AJ. He's just, I guess, he's going to go back with, with the OC. Do we trust the OC's booking moving forward? No, <laughs> honestly, no. Um, Seth Rollins is going to hold on to this title, and do what with it? Like, what do we actually expect? Again, unless they have something that we just don't know about for Seth Rollins that could have potential and that could work, like what what's what's the plan here? Seth Rollins wins the title, and then what? And the, and then what? Do we really expect this this company to have a plan for Seth? And if Seth Rollins wants to hold gold, that's fine. But with this character, it, it, I'm it's this. This character is just baffling as it is. I understand people like to sing. If you like to sing, you like to go to arenas and you like to go to shows and you want to sing a song. Great for you. But for several fucking minutes, I hear people just sing the song and they harmonize it. And I'm just like, I, I, I legit want to like, I, I legit want to freaking just soak my head into a bucket of acid. <laughs> it's just, it's nauseating. It's, it's ridiculous. For a few seconds, it's, it's fun. But then several minutes, bro. Fuck, man. Golly. And that's and, and but that's what I mean. Like, what about Seth Rollins and his and his development, his character development, is going to be that much that that much better while holding the title? This is the same character that held the title for the United States Championship when when Roman Reigns, you know, was on his part-time schedule and everything. There was no Raw World Championship. And Seth Rollins was asked to carry the load. Yeah, that was intriguing, wasn't it? How did that work out? And, and now we're expecting anything different now with the with a world heavyweight title. Guys, come on, man. We 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 got we gotta stop. We we gotta stop. If you like Seth Rollins, that's one thing. But to have logic and common sense and, and, and reading the and understanding the situation is just an is is just a completely different story. So but yeah. Um, AJ Styles versus Seth. Great. It's going to be a, a a good match, a solid match, I guess. But guys, that's it. You could have maybe came up with, with ways in, in regards to people like Edge and others that you could have had some sort of intrigue in regards to this world title. It's bad enough that SmackDown superstars are competing for this title. And that's why it just... I don't get this match because we we know what the outcome is going to be. So what is the point of having these people from the SmackDown brand compete for this fucking title? So yeah, 
nothing about and, and and this is and the show as a whole just very odd very weird and in regards to this world championship it's just it's just very odd and it's just very confusing and this brand split as a whole you have two women's champions that are holding on to a brand holding on to a title from a brand that's that they're not even on um Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes over in Monday Night Raw their feud continues with because because Brock is upset that he damaged his face, like he's like he's playing the the gimmick of dashing Cody Rhodes, like he cares about his facial features or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I, I don't know. At least we have something with the bloodline here in regards to the Usos and Roman. Again, I don't know why we have to have Roman hold on to titles still to tell the story. It's not needed. At Cody Rhodes holding onto those titles, that the company would be in a much better place because things would actually be making sense. Um, and, and there's so much stuff that you can develop with Cody holding onto those titles, as well as Roman coming back as a diabolical, vicious heel against you know people like the Usos and, and playing the downfall, the 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 demise of the bloodline. You know, it's you know it's diminishing before our very eyes. You have you know, the Usos and Roman going at it at some point, maybe you have solo Sokoa and, and Roman Reigns going at it at one another and having that turn. It just, but no, but, but, but we got to involve Roman holding the titles because we got to have this man surpass Hulk Hogan, because that's the goal right now, guys. People thought like, Oh, like, you know, it's oh, it's just to get to a thousand days. Oh, that's cute. No, that's no, it's not the case guys. It's to surpass Hulk Hogan and to surpass his title reign for a thousand four hundred seventy some odd days, whatever that number is, and that's it. That's that's all this is. So, and everybody else in regard to this world heavyweight championship title picture is just taking the blunt of it, and that's just the reality. All right, guys. So that is SmackDown. Um, that is SmackDown for the show Friday night SmackDown. Um, as now we are able to get into, or let's get into, I should say our top five list. So this today's top five list for this week is not just any or any ordinary top five list today. We are, or our top five list will conduct a potential world heavyweight title feuds. So a lot of talk as of late, of course, this week has been the World Heavyweight Championship picture. So me and Brian decided to uh, have a little bit of fun in regards to the situation of, you know, potential feuds that can save the the concept of this World Heavyweight Championship and make it somewhat prestigious, you know, leading into the future for, for months and years down the road. Uh, Brian has sent me that list as well as I have my list as well. So... Let us dive straight into it. And I will start with Brian Thomas. So this is no in, in any particular order. I'm just going to go through his, his five potential feuds, his potential matches, and I will get to my top five as well. So Brian Thomas, uh, his number five is Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So, and I read this when he sent this to me as well, and, and wheels started spinning in my head. That is something that, you know, it, with Shinsuke, man, it, it would be so awesome to see Shinsuke get freaking built up um, to that world title picture because this dude 
you know, again, he was in it. He's been in it before. We know that he can freaking deliver in that process. Um, so I would assume that Seth Rollins would be playing, would be playing some type of a heel here. And then you have Shinsuke playing the baby face. I can get on, I can get on board with that. Seth Rollins. And, and of course we talk about, we've just, you know, spoke about Seth Rollins and his character early on. Just if you're going to have him world champion, something has to change in regards to the, the, the direction of his character and where he's going. Um, because this character to me more is just screams more of the heel than it does the baby face. And it's, and having him as the baby face is going to do nothing but confuse your audience. So in that aspect, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke, that's a take my money situation, especially if you book it properly. So Brian, very nice, man. I, li I like where your head's at there. His fourth match is Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for that world title. Um, See, this is... <laughs> See, this is where I play a little bit of devil's advocate for this one. I like the idea, and I can see where Brian Thomas's head's at with that. However, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, this is a, a feud or history of matches that we've seen about a gazillion freaking times. We've seen this with these two in, in tag matches together. I mean, they're holding on the tag titles now. They've been in many matches together. At this point, I, I wouldn't think that have, adding a world championship would be necessary. Um, I, I like the idea. I just don't think it would be necessary to do such. Um, it's just not needed, especially doing a Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn feud um, in that aspect. But um, definitely understand where Brian Thomas is coming from um, in that aspect as well as he has Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at his fourth match. His third match is Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Interesting. Of course, these are two these are two individuals that we saw compete for that Intercontinental Championship had that astounding triple threat match that includes Sheamus at WrestleMania. Um yeah, and I th and I think that I think we can also kind of assume that at least for what we hope as well that Gunther once he is done with the Intercontinental Championship whenever that may be is going to be in this world heavyweight championship picture. Um, and, if, and as you notice, these are most, all of these members are all raw uh, superstars. Cause we assume that this title is going to be won by Seth. Who's a, who's a, a raw superstar and it's going to continue to be on Monday night raw. So yeah. Um, I like that aspect. I, I do. It's just, the thing is with drew, And I, I spoke about this with Drew is that to me, this dude needs this dude needs something different. I mean, if he's just going to come back whenever that time is and hold on to Angela, that freaking sword and yeah, and just do the same shtick and it's supposed to be that much more captivating than he did, you know, prior. I don't know. Um, could, could Can they still make it delivered? No question. But I think at this point for Drew McIntyre, I think he needs to just go into a completely different direction with his character. Can this feud can this feud be captivating and work? Absolutely. Um, no doubt if they book it correctly, um, especially as Drew McIntyre, because even as a babyface, he has that potential. It's just that as he comes back, ugh, I just I just don't trust it. But I like where Brian's head's at, though. I, I like the head. I like his head. I like where his head is at. Um, but so yeah, Cody, or excuse me, uh, Gunther and Drew is number three. And then Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre is his second match. 
Um, definitely like that idea. Definitely, definitely can get on board with that, especially like I mentioned with Drew, and I spoke about this as well um, in a previous episode on this podcast that Drew, if you're going to make him win this world title, you make him come back as a heel and really make this dude a legit threat. And you have a and you have the ultimate baby face in Cody Rhodes, man. That's just that's a that's a recipe for, you know, to for a really potential star, just a just a intriguing freaking feud, um, seriously. And then finally, number one, Cody Rhodes versus Gunther. Obviously, we know with these two, the history that they I'm sure that they can play in regards to uh, the Royal Rumble, you know, one of them being the, you know, the number one participant or number one entrant and the other being the number 30 entrant. Um, just that, that whole sequence in the Royal Rumble. And I still remember that to this day, how it was just, both men were just spot on and they were just freaking awesome. And if you give them a feud and you let it, and you actually tell a story and let it breathe and let them tell the story and, and make it captivating and make it special. Oh man, <laughs> the, the, the levels bro. Um, so Brian, very, very nice with that number one option as well. Um, in regards to the world heavyweight championship. So those are Brian's top five potential world heavyweight title feuds. Uh, number five is Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Number four is Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Uh, Gunther versus Drew at number three, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre at number two, and Cody Rhodes versus Gunther um, for number one. So, Brian, let me give you, I'm going to give my man Brian a round of applause for that list. Man. Very, very nice. Very nice list indeed. But now it is time to get into my top five list and my potential world heavyweight title feuds. Um, for this title. All right, number five. At number five, I also have Seth Rollins, si uh, similar to, to Brian, but I don't have Shinsuke. Instead, I have Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Um, and I know that they, they faced each other in the past. Um, it was very, very blunt, though. Um, they, they faced each other maybe once or twice maybe what six going back six seven years ago in the past again we talked about Seth Rollins you know being if you're gonna play Seth Rollins in this character he has to be the heel this character the Joker character if you want to make him as a heel which he freaking should be against Sami Zayn the ultimate baby face Sami Zayn ever since this bloodline shtick has proven and has reminded people that this dude can freaking deliver. And this dude has also proven that he is, he is world heavyweight championship worthy to one day, if he's booked properly to get that freaking moment and to get that shine in a match with Seth Rollins. I think that they would tear the freaking house down. You know, people, you know, it's, it's, you know, killing two birds with one stone, you know, people can get the, the good feud to get the good storytelling. And then you have others. They'll get the really, They'll get the banger of the match because that's, I'm sure, what it's going to freaking be. Uh, whatever, you know, potential uh, pay-per-view that they would uh, that they would feud at. So, so Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins is at number five. And number four, I have Gunther versus Cody Rhodes. Um, so just like at just so just similar to Brian, 
Uh, Gunther and Cody Rhodes, I think at some point, or at least that feud in general, regardless with the title or not, I think definitely needs to happen. Especially, you know, you could tell the story with the Royal Rumble and things of that aspect. Um, I, I just think, you know, it's just, there's potential there. There really is. And Cody Rhodes, and I know we talked about with Cody, because we I know it, I, we don't want to sound like hypocrites as well. Uh, at least as of right now, because we spoke about with Cody in this World Heavyweight Championship and just how diminishing it would be. I would leave that off as of right now, because as of right now in the moment, especially after this whole draft and this whole brand split and him losing at Mania, him to have him in this title picture this soon, I don't know. It, it would still, it would have to be, it would have to be somewhere down the road um, at, at some given point or time. But, but Gunther and, 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 and Cody Rhodes, no doubt, that is a feud that I'm sure everybody uh, that can get behind. And speaking of Cody Rhodes, I also have him in, in another feud at number three, and that is with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens versus Cody Rhodes. Kevin Owens can pull off a baby face um, or a heel. I, I think he is he's that talented enough to do such. He's proven that. But man, there is something about this dude as a heel that is just leaps and bounds over his babyface work. He's a tremendous babyface, no doubt. He does good work with that. But Kevin Owens as a heel, that this dude, you you could it's it's just it's just beautiful, man. It's it's just freaking it's it's Chef's kiss the way the way he does it. It just suits his it suits his personality, it suits his gimmick. And you put him in with Cody Rhodes, take my freaking money. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I've always loved Kevin Owens uh, ever since he he came onto the scene. I've seen him in 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 the independent scene before he came into NXT. I knew of Kevin or Kevin Steen by his uh his uh his original name or whatever or his other ring name. Um and now being Kevin Owens in WWE and NXT and now on the main roster, we know what this dude is truly capable of. And if you give this dude the time of day, we've seen this dude with the Universal Championship as well as other title reigns that he's held in the past. Does he need the title? No. But but man, if you want to if you want to thrust Kevin Owens back into that world heavyweight title picture, man, him and Cody Rhodes, that that is in the making to be something special. Um at number 2 and again, also involves <laughs> also involves um well actually well the next match involves Cody Rhodes. But at number three, I have Drew McIntyre and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Drew. At some point, Shinsuke, you know, you have to, if booked properly, man, this dude, he needs that moment. He needs that momentum to get back into that main event title scene. He's just that, like, he's just that good. He's just that good to where he can make it work. The crowd already loves him. He has the freaking theme song. He has the freaking, the, the, the charismatic, the character. He doesn't have to talk a whole lot. Um, and you put him with someone like Drew McIntyre. I talked about that diabolical heel. Like that man could be so much freaking fun if you book it properly. A heel Drew McIntyre versus the ultimate baby face in Shinsuke Nakamura. That, my man, is, is, could be legit special. Um, it's just a shame because I think we all know at the end of the day, this company is not going to give 
Shinsuke that time of day. But if they do, and you want and and Drew McIntyre returns and you make them that heel, put these two together and let them create magic, magic together. And finally, at number one, um, I am in the same boat as Brian. At number one, I have Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes um, in this list. So he had, I think he had this match at number two, and I have this match at number one. Again, I, th- these, these matches are no in particular order, but yeah, Cody Rhodes, the ultimate, I mean, again, the way we talk about Cody Rhodes and how he can tell a story and how to captivate an audience within seconds. Um, just, and that's how, that's how you can tell just from this American nightmare character and how it's done wonders for him. And you bring in Drew McIntyre, you book him properly, you build him as such, and you put those two together. I mean, I don't understand how even WWE can fuck that up. They could probably, (laughs) they could find ways to, which wouldn't shock me. But if you're going to insert Cody Rhodes, into this world heavyweight title scene, which again, we talked about it, it, it for him, it would just diminish his character and in, in, in development at that point. But if, if that is the case, people like drew people like Gunther and hell people like Kevin Owens, if you want to bring him back into a heel at some point, I mean, Kevin Owens is not getting any younger. Let's let, let's, let's develop some long-term plans for him to make him, to, to, to create some good shit with him. So, so, that, so at number five, I have Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn. At number four, I have Gunther versus Cody Rhodes. At number three, I have Kevin Owens versus um, Cody Rhodes. At number two, I have Drew McIntyre versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And the number one is Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes. That is my top five of potential world heavyweight title feuds that can legit captivate an audience and legit make this world heavyweight title prestigious. Because right now, the way that this is being come across with Roman and everything as a whole, it's nothing but a consolation prize. And they're going to have to do 10 times the work in order to make this title that much more relevant. But with these feuds... It could possibly do so. Just an idea, WWE. Just an idea. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Um, Again, 12 episodes in this season for season two. It's crazy how time is just freaking flying uh, by the day and and by the freaking uh, and by the week. Um, Seriously. So, but this was your SmackDown review for May 12th, 2023, live in Knoxville, Tennessee. So once again, make sure you guys stay tuned for more episodes. Our next episode, we are covering Monday Night Raw. Brian Thomas will be back with me to talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw as well as some other stuff um, as well in the wrestling world. Um, We also have uh, AEW Dynamite once again on Thursday as well as talking a little bit about NXT. We talked about NXT and AEW going head-to-head at one another um, in regards to their pay-per-view events coming up later on in Memorial Day weekend on that Sunday. And then we are right back here on Saturday to talk Friday Night SmackDown. And we are back with our original list, our original top five wrestlers of the week. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for watching. Whether whether you're watching this on 
uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, once again, thank you guys for everybody who has smashed that follow button on our Instagram, over 300 followers and counting. Last time I checked, we were at about 310, 315. I'm sure at this at that moment, I think we're surpassing even over that now. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for smashing that follow button. Make sure you continue to spread the word. Follow us on our Instagram as well as our TikTok. We make a lot of content over there. That is ruthless underscore talk. Make sure you guys join our Facebook group uh, as we are well over 60 members over there. So spread the word about that. Make sure you guys join the community, join the platform and, you know, continue to uh, continue to tune into episodes as we get closer to night of champions to double or nothing and everything else in between. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli, and I am signing off saying salute. Peace out. Take care, everybody.